Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. On today's program, Josh Peck is back and Greg Patton is living in today's world. Have you downloaded our SWRC app? The SWRC app is a great way to take Watchmen on the Wall with you. The SWRC app features this daily program and articles from teachers like Dr. Larry Spargimino and James Collins. Simply search SWRC on your smartphone or tablet and download the SWRC app today. Another free resource we have available for you is our Moment of Prophecy e-newsletter. Twice a week, you receive encouragement from Dr. Larry Spargimino, information on the latest resources, and timely articles to equip you during your week. Sign up today for the free Moment of Prophecy e-newsletter. Visit swrc.com or call 1-800-652-1144. Yesterday, Josh Peck began discussing his new documentary, The Great Delusion. In this DVD, many secrets are revealed. Order your copy of The Great Delusion and the book, The Second Coming of Saturn, for a gift of $35 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can always order online, swrc.com. Let's join our hosts, Dr. Larry Spargimino and Josh Peck, as they continue their look into The Great Delusion. Well, friends, we're back with Josh Peck from Skywatch TV. We're talking about the great delusion, the second coming of Earth's oldest enemy. Josh is the director of this really comprehensive DVD, almost two hours in length, on the subject of UFOs. It is our offer for these interviews. If you really want to know about the UFO phenomenon, you will love this video documentary. It's just very, very thorough. It's got many experts, including Noah Hutchings, uh, L.A. Marzulli, and Gary Stearman all speaking about this. And it's kind of a compendium that if you know anything about what's going on in the world today and about UFO phenomena, you will want this DVD. It's fantastic. Josh, it's so good to have you with us once again. It's great to be back, Larry. Thanks so much. We want to talk a little bit about the Vatican's interest in UFOs, and then I'm thinking about, and you can see this on the film, that the people in 1917 at Fatima may very well have seen a UFO. And I think what's significant about that is that in 1917, UFO sightings were not something common. You didn't have cartoons of these saucers. And yet, back in 1917, they saw these uh, shiny disks over Fatima. So get us into the Vatican and into Fatima. And Chris Putnam has a tremendous story there about Pope Pius XII getting ready to promulgate a new Marian doctrine, the bodily assumption of Mary into heaven. And the Pope had a vision of a disc in the sky and notice, wow, this is a sign from God that he wants me to teach this new doctrine. So why don't you run with all of this? What this whole movie is, for people who are aware of Tom Horn and Chris Putnam and the books that they wrote together, this movie is 10 years of all that research. And in many cases, with some of the guests that are in there, some of these interviews were recorded a decade ago. So we have some of possibly the last interviews with Chuck Missler, Noah Hutchings, like you mentioned, Russ Dizdar, and Chris Putnam. 
we compiled all of that for this movie. So Fatima is a big part of this. So in 1917, like you said, there is this, over Fatima, Portugal, there was this really famous or possibly infamous sighting. And it's called the Miracle of the Sun officially, but that shouldn't be what it's called. Because when you actually read the report and what was seen, it wasn't that the sun was flying around. But they kept saying that they saw a metal disc, some kind of disc. The word disc is used over and over again. And as L.A. Marzulli points out in the movie, it's because at that time, you know, UFO or UAP, it's not part of the vernacular. So what this does is it shows that there's this theory that the only reason people see silvery discs is because after Roswell, it was just kind of in the public consciousness, and so people started seeing. But this actually blows that theory out of the water because this is 1917 yes. in Portugal. I mean, the UFO stuff was not even a thing. <laughs> so it shows that this is a real phenomenon. It has been going on for a while. Then you have, I believe it was Pope Pius XII, and he had a similar vision. And when you read the account, I mean, it's identical. So a Catholic doctrine was actually inspired by a UFO sighting. And now there's this doctrine that Catholics have that they're bound to believe in if they're going to be a Catholic, and it was inspired from this UFO sighting. But Mm -hmm. again, it was misinterpreted, and the Pope thought it was a sign from God. By the way, that happened in Fatima, too. They all thought this was a godly thing. And we see that even today. This phenomenon is very old and continues on. But yeah, I think that that's really interesting when we connect that with why is the Vatican so interested in the question of UFOs and aliens, because they have doctrines on this now. And what's crazy about that, they have an observatory on Mount Graham, which to the indigenous people of the area, it's a sacred holy mountain to them. Actually, the Vatican had to get through some court stuff to even make this happen. There was a legal battle there, but they got the observatory up there. And Tom Horn and Chris Putnam traveled up there to talk to a Jesuit who works there and try to find out what's going on. Well, in the observatory, they have a telescope actually named Lucifer. It's an acronym. (laughs) And they had to actually really cram the words together and really make it work to get this acronym Lucifer. But basically, it's a large telescope. Now, what's interesting is while they were there, Chris asked the Jesuit guide, do you guys ever see UFOs up here? And the guide said that basically it happens so often that it's not a big deal to them. And even sometimes they have to wait until the UFOs get out of the way so they can do whatever they're using the observatory or the telescope for, whatever they're trying to observe. So I guess this is a really common thing, but it's interesting with that connection to Mount Graham. Why did the Vatican need (laughs) Mount Graham? It seems like they could have built an observatory anywhere. And I think it's because, and we explore this in the film, this idea of possible spiritual portals existing there. And the Vatican has an interest in that kind of thing. In a nutshell, there's a lot more to it, but in a nutshell, that's kind of the Vatican alien connection. Well, doesn't the Vatican believe, and I think there are others in our culture who are futurists, who believe in human enhancement, you know, through genetic manipulation, through altering our body parts, our eyes, you know, making our bodies a lot better. Isn't there this prevailing idea that we are a weak people, we're not very smart, we don't know as much about computers, we get sick, we break our arms, we can't see and so forth. So don't they understand these aliens, whatever they are, 
as being a blessing in the sense that they're going to come to earth, that they're going to teach us, number one, the truth about God. And it's not found according to them in the Bible. And number two, they're going to help to enhance all of humanity and make the world a better place to live in. Isn't that part of the story that we're hearing now? Absolutely. And I think that's a big piece of evidence that we're being primed for this alien deception thing, because it is all over our culture. I mean, it's in movies and entertainment and TV shows. It is everywhere. This idea of enhancing the human being. I mean, superhero movies are huge now. (laughs) And so we're being primed for that. Well, how can we do that? We're either going to do it through our own science and innovation, or maybe there will come a day where we're given it as a gift from more advanced beings than ourselves. And I think that that's likely what's going to happen. I think that the world is being primed for it now. So it's good for us to know that, so we know to stay away from that kind of stuff. And isn't it funny, too, the competing worldviews here? Like, the people that believe in this stuff actually have two different worldviews, because in one sense, they believe in evolution. The human being is at its most evolved state right now, right? So the best, most evolved state. Yet, somehow, (laughs) they also harp on the fact that we're breaking down and getting sick more often, so we have to inject ourselves with all these different things to alter the body because there's something inherently wrong with the human body. Like, that's the presumption. Yet, it's supposed to be the most evolved version of us. It's like the cognitive dissonance there is really telling, I think, where you have these two worldviews in one kind of belief system, and they they don't really fit well together. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. You and I know Dr. Michael Heiser very well. He's just a great, great Hebrew scholar, a great theologian. And I've looked at Genesis 6-4, and I believe that this is a story of the Watchers. And I think that these abductions, these various abductions that we've been talking about, might be connected with Genesis 6, that whole story about the Watchers coming back, the Nephilim. Tell us how you see the connection being developed at this time. And I think there's a clear connection. And I think this whole idea of hybridization with human beings, that's really what brought the flood upon the earth. I think a lot of people are missing that. But I think there's going to become a time if this hybridization takes place that God is going to be so angry that that will be the second coming. But I think Genesis 6-4 is key. And I think there's so much that points in the direction of that at the present time. I 100% agree. Yeah, Genesis 6 is really the key to understanding this whole thing and how it could really play out. And the basic story, for those not familiar, is Genesis 6 says that there was a time where angels from heaven, it says sons of God, there's a debate. I think we both agree it's talking about actual angels. Angels fell from heaven cohabited with mankind. It says that they took wives of any that they chose, which kind of sounds like it was a forced thing. And they basically hybridized with humans. Now, back then they did it the non-scientific, you know, (laughs) medical way that it's happening now in these abduction scenarios, but the outcome is basically the same. After that happened, there existed a creature that was part angel, part human. In the Bible, it's called Nephilim. They were the giants. God got so angry at that, that the world was destroyed with the flood. Mm. So I believe that Satan is trying to figure out a way to make that happen again. And really, I think it calls to their need. I think these fallen angels want to create things in their own image. Even the book of Enoch, it's an extra biblical book, but in the book of Enoch, it says that they wanted children of their own. They saw what human beings were doing, and they wanted to take part in that because angels weren't created to procreate. They have no need of it. That's the only time 
really, in all of human history, where you have that type of genetic hybridization going on in that way, except for today, because the same right. kind of thing is happening now. Right. The only other time that happened was right before the flood, and then here we are. So I think that this is a strong piece of evidence pointing to the fact that we are very close to the start of the tribulation, the rapture of the church, start of the tribulation, right. all of the prophetic stuff that we study. I think that we're right on the heels of that. I think there's some real important ethical issues. For example, I think when we talk about enhancement, and I don't know how you feel about it, I think there's a difference between restoration and glorification. Now, for example, if I have an injury to my eye and they do some surgery and it's restored, that's legitimate. Or if I break a leg and they do something to my leg and fix it and I can run and ride my bicycle again, I think that's restoration. On the other hand, if I break my leg and they work on both legs and do so I can run 50 miles an hour, or if they (laughs) fix my eye, I can see people on the moon or whatever I see, I think that's glorification. And I think that's what we're moving into. So there's nothing wrong with restoration. I'm not against medical science. I think science has done so many wonderful things. But they're going beyond science. They're going to glorification. And this is exactly the kind of messages that are being channeled, what the people are saying, what they hear, and the kind of vision that they have for the human race. And one of the things about that vision, there's no room for God, certainly not the God of Scripture. That's absolutely right, because what this all boils down to is a belief in self-godhood. Yes. It's the belief that we, not God, can provide our own, not only salvation, but immortality, all of these things, instead of trusting God's plan and working within that. So it is a total rejection of everything that God wants to do within humanity, within his children. And so he's doing that, obviously, through people who will accept him, but the people that don't accept him, unfortunately, a lot of times get into this kind of stuff. And yeah, it becomes a self-godhood, self-glorification kind of thing. Well, Josh, the big question is, how do we stand strong as pastors, as Christian communicators on the radio and the TV? How can we warn people? What do they need to do? What about Scripture? What about their prayer life? What about being filled with the Holy Spirit? What about believing God and all He says in the Word of God rather than compartmentalizing God like so many times our theologies do? Well, God couldn't do that. He doesn't, you know, that kind of thing. Tell us about preparing for this great deception that I think we see coming upon the world. Absolutely, yeah. Unfortunately, too many churches are ignoring this issue. So I think really the simple solution is just pastors and churches need to be open to learning about it and teaching it to their congregation, because this deception, it's not even that it's coming, it's already here. Ancient Aliens is on its, I don't know, 70th season by now (laughs) or something, but it's still on because that many people watch it. I mean, usually shows today get canceled after two or three seasons if they're lucky, but this is still going strong. It's a real deception that people are really believing in. On the other side of it, I would say that there are real people having real experiences. I believe the abduction thing is a real experience. It's not in their head. That person is going through a traumatic event. And so if they go to a church and try to talk to their pastor and the pastor 
just kind of shrugs it off or doesn't really know how to answer or like what one pastor told Tom Horn one time to quit eating pizza at night. (laughs) 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 You know, I mean, if somebody has an experience, if they hear that from their pastor, they're probably not going to want to go to that church anymore. Maybe if they're not a Christian, they're not going to want to be one after that. So I think we actually have a huge opportunity here where we can reach the lost. Mm. All we got to do is just be polite, hear them out. If they have an experience, hear about it, and then tell them the biblical perspective on it, and just be open to having that conversation and open to learning. And I really hope the Great Delusion can be a great start for that kind of thing to happen in more churches. Well, I think it's a fantastic documentary. It's titled The Great Delusion, The Second Coming of Earth's Oldest Enemy, and I highly recommend it. Friends, if you've heard the excitement in my voice, and if you've heard the excitement in Josh's, in fact, I don't think you could have missed it, right? But this is fantastic. So, Josh, thank you once again for a great job. Thank you, gentlemen. Get the complete two-day presentation by Josh Peck on The Great Delusion on CD by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order your copy by visiting our website, swrc.com. swrc.com is the premier place for resources with an eternal impact. Brand new books and DVDs from Greg Patton and Larry Stamm. Resources back in print from Dr. Carl Baugh, Rob Linstead, and Dave Brees. And exclusive content from Jonathan Kahn that you can only get from Watchmen on the Wall. We also have our brand new 2022 Prophecy Calendar. In all, over 900 resources with free shipping on all orders over $100. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com. And if you're a new listener to Watchmen on the Wall, welcome. We would love to share a free gift with you. Request your free new listener pack today by calling 1-800-652-1144. In the new listener pack, you get a welcome letter, the latest issue of our monthly newsletter, The Prophetic Observer, and a free gift. Call today and request your free new listener pack. 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Living in Today's World is not only a segment on Watchmen on the Wall, it's also a brand new book by Greg Patton. In the book, Living in Today's World, you'll find the same humor and hope Greg Patton brings to the radio. Stories that will inspire and encourage you in your faith. Here's Greg Patton with another one of those stories of hope living in today's world. Well, I had a phone call recently from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Someone said, is this Greg Patton? Yes, indeed. What can I do for you? Just heard your life story on the radio program called Unshackled. Oh, that's oh, that was an exciting time taking the family to Chicago to the headquarters of Unshackled, the mission there, Pacific Garden Mission. I got to play myself in the role of one rock disc jockey who turned his life over to Jesus Christ. And then the thoughts every time I think of that program or give my testimony, I go back to all of those days when Everything was going wrong in my life. 
how I was smoking four packs of cigarettes a day, how I was drinking like a fish, how I couldn't say any sentence without a four-letter word in it, or at least it seemed that way. Those bad, bad old days before Jesus Christ. And somehow we think that we, on a personal level, can improve that, don't we? And I'm here to tell you today, my friend, ain't gonna happen. Nope. Without Jesus, you can do all the cleanup you want, but it doesn't do any good. You need Jesus Christ in your life. And it goes something like this, since I used to get together often with all of my buddies and get to uh, drinking, it was like this. And there they are gathered around the campfire, those guys. Oh, yeah. A big can of beer in hand with the slogan, it doesn't get any better than this. Really? In my younger years, one of my favorite was, you only go around once in life. Get all the gusto you can get. Oh, I believed that before I was saved. Getting drunk around a campfire with a bunch of God doesn't get any better than this. Do you remember the song by Peggy Lee? Is that all there is? That was a very good million-selling song. Really, it was about the end of life, and that was the question. Is that all there is? Oh, boy. You know what? The myth that we develop as people in the world today is shattered by Scripture. The Bible is clear that once this physical life ends, once you die here, it's going to get, oh, a whole lot better or a whole lot worse. Created in the image of God, the spirit of man is going to live forever. Where? Well, either in the presence of God in heaven or away from his presence in hell with Satan and his demons and all those other lost people. So you can make all those intricate plans for our few decades of bodily existence here. It's amazing how few people consider the reality of where they're going to live forever and eternity. For the Christian who enjoys material blessings on earth, heaven will stagger him. For the Christian who strains under poverty in the world today, heaven will keep him wide-eyed with excitement. For the unbeliever, rich or poor, educated or unschooled, in the urban area or rural area, hell will be unspeakable, unbearable, intolerable, unending torment, irreversibly severed from Almighty God. Think of a timeline. I'm 74 years old. Compare that with all infinity. How important is eternity? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Today is a great day to get saved. Ask forgiveness of sin. Invite Jesus Christ into your life. It does get better when we pass from this life to the next. You know, mankind is constantly searching for the fountain of youth. There are several pieces of material you could read on this on the internet and old magazines and yeah, continuing quest for mankind to somehow extend his or her life. You've read about it. Now, our lifespan in this culture slightly increases as medicine and technology advance, of course, but hey, my friend, death is inevitable to all of us, even if postponed for a few years. My dad had serious pancreatic cancer. They didn't even do anything other than open him up, see how bad it was, close him back up, and give him 90 days to live. Boy, we prayed about that one. 
the end of 90 days. My dad was alive at the end of five years. They couldn't find any cancer. You never, ever, ever want to discount the power of prayer in any of these things. You know, despite the minute advances of extending a physical life, in reading any of this stuff, you see them scoffing at the idea of eternity. Yet the Word of God, the Bible, reveals eternity in heaven or hell is the inescapable destination of every man, woman, and child. Since death, physical and eternal, was assigned by God as a punishment for sin, the only escape is through the means God has provided, and that is faith in Jesus Christ, who bore the penalty of our sin on that old rugged cross. My friend, once you do it, once you receive Jesus Christ, you are indwelt by the Eternal One. And although your body is still subject to decay and death, and because of the presence of sin, your spirit is now, oh, this is exciting, your spirit is eternally alive. There is a fountain of youth, but it's only drawn through Emmanuel's veins. Eternity and the presence of Almighty God is yours today. Sure it is. How? By faith in Jesus Christ. I'll ask it again. Have you ever received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, you're in that group, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die, said God. And I'm here to tell you, it really does not get any better than that. God said it in his word. Today is the day of salvation. So, and if you're at that point, and they say that up to 33% of those that listen to Christian radio are not saved. For you, why not? God said today is the day of salvation. He did the hard part dying on an old rugged cross. You and I just have to accept that free gift of eternal life. God, forgive me of my sins. I now accept you as my personal Savior. Come into my life to rule and reign all the days of my life. Thank you for saving my soul. To God be the glory, great things he has done. In our resource center today, we have Josh Peck's new documentary, The Great Delusion. The Great Delusion DVD reveals for the first time why the Vatican is in possession of a telescope named Lucifer, how alien abductions might be connected to the sixth chapter of the book of Genesis, and you'll also see stunning reports on the UFO phenomena. Order your copy of The Great Delusion and the book, The Second Coming of Saturn, for a gift of $35 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online, swrc.com. And don't forget about the upcoming Central Florida Prophecy Conference, Friday and Saturday, January 28th and 29th in Lakeland, Florida. Registration is free. Visit swrc.com and click on events at the top of the homepage. 
the Central Florida Prophecy Conference, January 28th and 29th in Lakeland, Florida. Register today by calling 1-800-652-1144 or visit swrc.com and find a complete list of the speakers and topics. Tomorrow, James Collins debuts his brand new book entitled The Twelve. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.